Hello and welcome to a Taylor's Tales podcast. This is Chris's Corner. I'm your host, Chris Taylor, and welcome back to a brand new episode. This week, I'm speaking about my favourite team in the Premier League. Of course, it's Chelsea Football Club. This week, I'm talking about why we're going to win the Premier League this season. We're going to talk about the opponents that Chelsea are facing at the moment and also why we could potentially win more silverware as well as the Champions League uh, FA Cup and whatever the Carling Cup is now known as, Carabao Cup. (laughs) The possibilities are endless with Chelsea at the moment. Um, Some of the statistics being thrown around is that we've got uh, more clean sheets as a team this season than we did back in 2004, uh, which is considered the Chelsea uh, Chelsea's best ever team with Peter Cech in goal, John Terry and uh, Ricardo Carvalho at the back with, uh, I think it was Glenn Johnson at right back and that, then at left back you had Ricardo, I think it was Ferreira as well, sorry, Glenn Johnson at left back uh, and then you had in midfield Makalele and uh, sometimes Jerome uh, or I believe I can't remember who played centre center defensive mid apart from Makalele, but we're going to go with Lampard uh, and then as well as Lampard, you had on the left-hand side, Iron Robin. Uh, and then on the right-hand side, either Joe Cole or Ida Good Johnson. Or I can't remember if they're I'm missing someone. Uh, Ida Good Johnson did play striker, but I didn't remember him going on the wing sometimes because Drogba was always playing so often. Uh, and that team in itself was probably, apart from our 2012 team of winning the Champions League, I would consider the 2012 team weaker than the 2014 purely because of the amount of clean sheets kept. Uh, It was kind of sad that that team didn't win the Champions League because it was on paper the best team, especially in comparison to the 2012. I think we just had in 2012 a little bit more luck, but also uh, a little bit more belief as well. A different manager with more belief can really make a mark as proven by the current 2021 side. So with Thomas Tuchel at the helm, he's proven that his tactics accommodate the Premier League perfectly. He has proven that by going from a team like PSG, Paris Saint-Germain, that it doesn't matter, you know, some of the players that you have, it doesn't matter if they're the best in the world, if they can't accommodate to tactics, you don't have the best team. If you can't mould together as a team, then there's no point in you know, playing the game. And Paris Saint-Germain don't seem to be a collective of a team. They seem to be a collective of individuals uh, who happen to be really good at football (laughs) and happen to be very expensive as well. Now, I'm not saying that Chelsea don't have extremely expensive players as well. We do. But we also have uh, a team that seems to be able to take every single player in and out of the team and replace them with just as good a player. So I'm going to go through that now and analyze the sort of all-round epicness that this team has. Uh, I personally think the main reason we're going to win the league is that ability to be able to slot people in and out of each role and continue throughout the season with injuries and still be able to maintain wins each week. So starting in what seems to be the most improved area of the pitch, uh, since Tuchel's taken over uh, and the pro- one of the problems that Frank and previous managers found before him was the goalkeeper. Ariza Balaga was having hot and cold. Consist- con- yeah, the only consistent thing about him was the inconsistency. 
Um, he would have some amazing games and then others where he would just play terribly. With the replacement of Mendy in goal, we have had consistency. Brilliant goalkeeping. He's brought us in. He's come into the team. He's jumped in and immediately made a change. He's kept consistent and he's made some amazing saves time in, time out, where we've been through some really tough games, uh, he has been the one to keep us in them and to make sure that we were going to keep a clean sheet or at least not con concede more goals. And I think this is more so in Tuchel's first six months in the job than it is now in the current season. In the previous season, he came in, he had to adapt to the team that was there. He had to re energize that defense and reignite what the team was in because at the time we were in 10th place um, and when I said to you guys last year when I was surprised by Chelsea winning the Champions League I genuinely was because that wasn't a team that showed the capability because they were in 10th place at the time when Frank was there and I, I remember saying how upset I was that he wasn't able to show everybody that he could be the manager that we wanted him to be so yeah, that, that was upsetting. Uh, and Mendy coming in and being consistent is exactly what we needed. So from goalkeepers, uh, I have mentioned Ariza Balaga, who has done well in some games where he, he did it fantastic at the beginning of the year with the Super Cup, making a save that won us that cup and won the penalty shootout. So credit to him for that. Credit to him for being able to come into the squad for all of the cup runs in and out and still seems to be more consistent under Tuchel than he was for Frank and for Sari for that matter as well. So really impressive to see that not only is Mendy consistent, but Tuchel's bringing the best out of Ariza Balaga as well. And the fact that he's able to do so with somebody who is, as I said, only consistent, is it being inconsistent is, is brilliant. So he's bringing the best out of his players. The other part of the team that I'm going from back to front at the moment, but I think this is really important because it's actually how Chelsea seem to be playing this season is that the defence is the most important part of the team. And they do say that defence is win you leagues. And this is why I'm in such a belief that Chelsea are going to win the Premier League this season. Not because we have the best attack, because that clearly goes to Liverpool and I will talk about that later. But we do have the best defence and we are organised and we have players in every position that can come in and out. So we'll start with probably the player who has shown to be the most prominent and also somebody who's turned it around career-wise and is now uh, at the end of his contract and is we want him to stay. It's Antonio Rudiger. He has shown a strength and ability to play on that. I believe it's the... Uh, I want to say right-hand side, but it could be left-hand left, left -hand side of the three-man defence, uh, three-man centre-backs. And he has that, you know, he has, I've seen him run forward once or twice, but it's more his ability in the air and also being able to keep up with defenders and be able to get consistent tackles in. And I think he's at that age now, he's in the prime time, 28 years old, where him winning the Champions League is fantastic for him confidence-wise. And he's come into this season, he's stayed consistent and he's stayed um, in the ability to not make mistakes and to keep passing consistent as well. Because one thing that people forget with defence is that you have to feed the midfield and as well as protecting your goalkeeper, they're, they're, they're starting the passing routine out. And 
to be able to get that ball forward, to be able to get it all the way into the next, into the other player opponent's goal, you have to have that ability to feed the ball, to come from the goalkeeper, to go out wide, to go to the center defense, the center backs, and then go to the central midfielders. It's a playing style here where Tuchel's getting those wing backs to bomb forward, so it has to be the ability to the center backs to cover them go out wide and spread out to be able to cover that ground and protect the goalkeeper and the defence. So Rudiger, again, fantastic. Him coming in and out the side. We've got Antonio Christensen, who is... Uh, I can't even remember his first name. That's really bad. I want to say um, Anderson Christensen. It's not, but it's Christensen. And Christensen has, again, another player who's come in and has just been consistent. He's a young player. He's 24, 25. He's been in and out of the squad the past two seasons, the past season and a half under Tuchel, and has shown a real defensive capability, putting in some serious sliding tackles that many few, not many players are able to pull off and not get kick carded and not be, uh, you know, taking out the player, the man, and not the ball. So he's been really effective there. And then you've also got Silva, who is an absolute steal. He's got the maturity. He is a leader. He's, you know, even though uh, Aspilicueta is the captain of the team, we've got leaders throughout the team. You've got guys who've got experience, one of them being Silva, who has this ability to lead from the back, even at the age of 36, 37. We've got him on a free from Paris Saint-Germain. I hope he stays for another season because he has so much to give and he's clearly still got it for the team. Even if he does get injured or he can't play the minutes that he wants to play, we've still got younger players coming in and showing that they can be really effective. And one of my favourites at the moment, and one of them who seems to have shined more than all of these players combined, it's Chalaba. Unknown, incredible uh, talent this season. I can't believe that Thomas Tuchel, you know, has brought him in and, and he's been this effective. Chalaba's the type of player who you know only through FIFA because you saw him on the reserves list as a Chelsea player uh, as you played the game. And so you were, you only identify him because of FIFA or some sort of statistics or because he's been loaned out so many times because of the Chelsea system. It's a really intriguing uh, system that Chelsea have with loaning out players. And so you don't really get to know some of the youth teams. But now you've got youth as the foundation of the current Chelsea team. So again, Chalaba has scored goals this season. He scored two goals, one in his first game and then one in his first game in the Champions League. Uh, and both of them, I mean, the first one was a fantastic smasher outside the box. And the second one was a great, uh, I think it was on the half volley from what I believe. So he's got the ability to score as, as well as defend. Um, so it's really effective to have somebody like that. It's also really effective to be able to have the legs to be able to chase after the defenders, and he seems to have that as well. Uh, and he's also a big lad, so he's got the strength. I would, you know, he's not as big as, as Silva, but he's still got that, you know. So, yeah, really impressive to see all of those four guys being able to play at centre-back and be able to rotate, rotate in and out of the squad. And you've got, as well, even though Aspilicueta is mainly a right-back, he can also play in at that right-hand side at centre-back as well and be really effective there. Uh, and Because he's got the pace of a right-back, he still has the ability to chase back with defenders. And even though he doesn't have the height, he still has an aerial ability in him that's really effective. So impressive to say the least. 
you then have the ability for Aspie to be able to play on the wing. And I've seen him at the beginning of this season when Reese James wasn't playing as much, be able to bomb down that wing and put in some really effective crosses where, for instance, Romelu Lukaku scored multiple goals from Aspie's cross in from outside the box, whip it in and he scored. So the four goals that Lukaku scored, I believe two of them were assisted by Aspie. So he still has that ability to provide assists and Although he isn't as prolific at the moment in comparison to Reese James, it's still really nice to know that you've got this guy who can come into the squad, be the captain of the team, and be relied upon by the rest of the team. So really impressive. And as I mentioned, Reese James, who's currently top goal scorer in the squad because he's getting down that wing and he's not afraid to run inside that box, take on a few defenders and have a shot. And it's really, really nice to see. Uh, and also to hear from Thomas Tuchel himself, he wants the defenders, the wing backs, to be able to feel confident enough to have a shot on goal or to get up the pitch and really have a go. And as well as Reese James, you see that with uh, Chilwell as well. And it's so impressive this season where I believe Chilwell's got three three or four goals and then Reese James has got five goals and four assists at the moment. And Chilwell's got a few assists as well. So they're both bombing down that wing. And at the same time, they're also defending. They're also getting back and trying their best to make sure that we don't concede goals. And the energy of the press and then getting back is what makes a team. You can't be having players who are weighing the team down because they're not willing to track back. It's something that I personally find really de- depressing when you see a bunch of players who are just strolling back to defend rather than sprinting for their life because they clearly... Um, are either not physically there to be able to do that or they just don't care enough. And that's worrying, to say the least, for the morality of the team. So Rhys James, not only has he proven himself in the Champions League this season, he's proven himself in the Champions League last season. uh, And he's also proven this season that he has the ability to compete highly in the Premier League. So, yeah, exciting talent. Uh, I believe he's only 23. So at that age, the fact that he's doing that at 23 shows the next seven to you know 10 years of his life are going to be really, really, really interesting to follow. So moving on to the other side of the pitch, you've also got uh, Chilwell and then you've also got Alonso. Now, Alonso was the main pick for the beginning of the season. Really interesting to see that we had Chilwell on the bench when He'd not been playing for England either, and yet he'd had a really good season with Chelsea since joining from Leicester. Um, It was kind of worrying for me because I really like Chua. I think he's a really good left back. And as he's proven recently, he's effective at getting back and also scoring goals at the forward. So it was kind of worrying to see that Alonso, who is in his 30s now, isn't... um, doesn't have as big a defending aspect as Chilwell and is more of an attacking option. He had he was really effective at the beginning of the season. So it was nice to see him get switched out uh, for Chilwell, who has that defending aspect as well as being able to get forward. Um, I have seen Alonso get uh, really that the other team you sort of like pick him as the weakness in the Chelsea back line before under previous managers and have players fill in the gap that he can't get back to fill because he's bombed all the way forward. Uh, that doesn't seem to be the case at the moment, the current Chelsea defence. They've closed that gap up 
uh, and really improved that aspect of the game. So tactically, Thomas Tuchel was really keeping that formation tight. And I think that's because of the midfield as well, having an impact. As well as I said, the back line spreading out to cover the wide uh, parts of the pitch. He's also got a couple of central defensive midfielders who have the ability to be able to fill in the roles and cover for these players. So I will get into those as well now. So you've had Chilwell and Alonso. Chilwell is currently out injured with a potential ACL tear, which is really worrying because he's been so prolific so far this season. But we are going to have to rely on Alonso. And I'm hoping that I'm right in saying that these, you know, the the weakness that he has of defensive aspects, we can uh, avoid that. And we will have um, maybe Aspie filling in from time to time on the left just for certain games, especially seeing as we have certain opponents in the next five games that I would be worried about for that. And we'll get into that later. So the def- the defence is the, the key part of this team. And I think it's what's going to win us the Premier League because it's just so rock solid. Um, and I think it's the foundation of how we're going to win it as well. So the Mendy and that team, fantastic. The midfield. The midfield at the moment, probably one of the best midfields we've ever had. It may also be one of the best midfields we've had because we've got experience in that midfield that is is just undeniably reliable. So having Kante in that central midfield ability and him wanting to go forward and back, having the, you know, his off the ball intelligence is just so damn good. It is so good. He knows exactly where a player is and he knows exactly where to get the tackle in. It's as if he's analysed the game and he sees a player and he sees them just as they're about to turn or just as they're about to do a skill from another player. He picks the ball out from underneath them and sprints off with it, wins us back in the middle of the park and he gets us forward. And he's uh, there's been multiple times where we've broken away gone on the counter-attack, scored a goal because Kante has nicked the ball back. And the three central midfield players I'm going to talk about now, all of whom are key to the team and can be switched in and out of the squad, they all have different aspects of the game that they're really, really good at. Kante, in this aspect, I would say his off-the-ball and tackling is what makes him probably one of the best central defensive midfielders in the world, if not the best in the world. Um, You cannot really put a name to him. Like if I was to compare him with someone else, I can't think of anyone in that sort of role who can do it better than he can. And I think he proved that in the Champions League last season. Uh, I think he proved that against Real Madrid specifically, where he's just picking the ball left, right and centre. And at the moment in the mid, in the current um, sort of, games we've played from the beginning of the season till now, he's proven that he's just going to consistently get those tackles in. So yes, Kante, amazing at that. The other aspect of the game, which I've seen uh, from Kovacic is a little bit more attacking, a little bit more uh, putting in those, not the, the longer passes, but also he seems to be a little bit more attacking intelligent this season. And although he's out injured at the moment, he's coming back soon. It's been really intriguing to see him progress under Tuchel because he was also really good under Lampard. He was one of the standout players for Lampard, even when we were doing badly. Um, Kovacic is 
has been fantastic for Chelsea. And it was really sad to not see him do well at Real Madrid, but he came to Chelsea and he's done fantastic. And it's intriguing to see how he's evolved as a player. So he's more of a centre midfield role where he would be doing the passing like Jorginho currently does uh, and just keeping that consistent ball possession. But now he seems to be able to feed the ball forward, to be able to get assists, to be able to push that to the forwards. And I think that's really interesting to see. So he's clearly found something under Tuchel where he has that attacking mindset now, rather than just being the central midfielder, he can be a centre attacking midfielder uh, and, you know, compete with Mason Mount from time to time to be in that role. And, you know, Mason Mount being the blood that is currently coursing through the Chelsea veins at the moment. Uh, And I think he is a standout player that, could be the potential next Lampard. And Mason Mount, separate to that, he's not one of the three. The, the other the other third person, I know I'm mentioning Mount now, but it was really more as a comparison to Matteo Kovacic. In this case, you've got um, one of the, the most improved players I've ever seen under, under a Chelsea manager. Jorginho used to be a weakness within the Chelsea team. He used to lose the ball all the time. He used to get picked on. He used to be able to, he was like his main like power was his passing, his short passing, being able to um, maintain possession and to be able to get the ball from the midfield to the forwards, to an attacking centre attacking midfielder, to be able to have creativity, to get it out wide, to get it crossing and to be able to create chances. He wasn't able to do that under Lampard. He wasn't able to do that under Sari. Surprisingly enough, he wasn't inspiring. Uh, But now he is, like, as he proved for Italy in the summer, as he proved in the Champions League, he is a decorated midfielder now. And he has the ability to move forward as a player and truly be a core asset to the Chelsea squad, uh, especially within midfield. And so for me personally, I think that Jorginho is a, is a key piece in that chess set of players. So Jorginho, Kovacic and Kante, those are the three core players I think of when I think of the central, the Chelsea midfield. Now here are some of the, the extra players who are just as important right now. I think Mason Mount, as I mentioned, is a inspirational talent who's come into the squad who played well under Lampard he's played one uh, under Tuchel and he's won us the Champions League by the amount of assists and goals he's been involved in he's created the most chances uh, anyone in the Premier League created within Champions League last season he creates more chances than anyone else in the club he creates more chances than most people in the Premier League he is brilliant in his position of central attacking midfielder and he gets into the squad because he does exactly that he's coming back into the squad from injury at the moment i'm really excited to see him play i'm hoping he's going to play this weekend uh, and i'm hoping that he's going to prove to everyone that he's got that consistency and got those goals that he got at norwich and he's going to continue to play well for Tuchel. so mount has a lot of things to give as i said his main thing is creating chances and also being consistent as well as a player, a reliable player. Uh, And he doesn't automatically get in the squad. He still has to fight for his place. But as he's proven over the past year and a bit, it's very hard not to choose him because of his chances being created. So the other player who seems to be standout at the moment is Loftus-Cheek. 
Now, with Mateo Kovacic being out and also Kante, we now have two key pieces that need to be filled. One of those pieces now being Loftus-Cheek, who has proven in the past five games that he can be relied upon by Tuchel. He comes in, he's got strength, he's got the ability to create chances, and he's got the ability to track back and defend. That is an all-round player, and at the age of 25, 26, similar age to me, he looks like a monster in midfield. He's come back from Fulham, and he's here to prove a point. And he's actually what we would have hoped from some of the other players who've come into the squad uh, this summer, and we haven't got much out of them. One of them being Sol, who clearly wasn't expecting the toughness of the Premier League or the high speed and pressing that happens within the Premier League. He's come from Atletico. He's clearly lost a little bit of confidence because of this. And I hope that he can regain the confidence he had at Atletico and show the talent that he had there. And it's the same a little with, with Ross Barkley. Ross Barkley's never really found his feet at Chelsea. He's never truly got the talent that he showed at Everton. And even we've given him game time here and there. He still hasn't like, you know, a lot of these players in the squad, if they get given the chance, they get a goal or they get, or they make some sort of contribution. You saw at the weekend, we had Werner coming off the bench. You had Pulisic coming off the bench. Goal, goal. They make a contribution. They make something and they get in and they get out. And if they don't make that contribution the next game, Thomas is going to choose the next best player who will provide a con contribution. And so it's very hard, I imagine, for Tuchel to say to Barkley, oh, yeah, you're going to get game time. So Sol and Barkley, I think they're the two players who they're not going to get as much game time because of the other players in the midfield are playing so well at the moment. Uh, have I missed anyone? I don't think I've missed anyone. Ah, yes, I have. Of course I have. So Ziyech. Ziyech is a really interesting one. Recently, he's played really well. He's whipped in some fantastic balls in the Champions League. He's got a few assists. He's played well. He's he created a chance scored by Pulisic recently. And he seems to be regaining a little bit of the confidence he had. Last season, not so much. He, he came into the squad. He didn't really shine as a player that he did for Ajax. And right now, we're trying. I think he's trying to be incorporated. He's starting games at the moment, which is really exciting to see. And hopefully, we can get some consistency out of him in creating chances uh, and maybe playing alongside uh, other forwards or playing out the wing to be able to provide that width. And we'll see what happens depending on how uh, Tuchel plays the game. I'll be very interested to see whether he plays this weekend or not. Uh, I love his ability to whip in a pass. I love his ability, his vision, uh, and sometimes even having a shot on goal. And uh, I really hope he continues to create chances and hit the target from time to time. So, yeah, really intriguing. So that's the midfield. The midfield is epic in every way. It's a really strong midfield. Uh, personally, I didn't, I wasn't sure why Sol was brought in maybe so it was like a last minute sort of like, oh, we need a midfielder as a backup maybe. But now as proven by this year, we don't really need him. And so we've brought in Loftus-Cheek. He's filled the role of what Sol probably was going to make. So yeah, very intriguing to see that. Now, the forwards. I would say this is probably the most inconsistent part of the entire Chelsea team. The rest of the squad are basically... 
you can't criticize them. They all have the ability to either keep a clean sheet or create chances. This part of the squad is really a little worrying for a Champions League team winning team, but also for a Premier League winning team. I was hoping that Lukaku would come into this squad and immediately have an impact. And for the first four games of the season, he did exactly that. And he scored in every single one of them. He then trailed off. We had a kind of blue period and then he got injured. And for the past few games, we haven't had him. And we've still scored goals from different parts of the team, from the defence and from the midfield. And we've had other players come in and fill the role. But it seems to me that he... I think he needs a consistent run of games and goals. I think we need to play him against some weaker teams to be able to get those goals in and break those defences. Because as he proved against Arsenal really early on in the season, he destroyed that defence physically. And we want to prove that again as a squad. We want to get his confidence up and have him as the main striker alongside either another striker or another winger, such as hudson Adoy or Werner, or even Pulisic for that matter. The forwards, but the forward who probably has been the most consistent out of all of them is Havertz, who won us the Champions League with his goal, who's come in, either played in central attacking mid or played at centre forward and played as a false nine. And he's also, you know, even if he's not scoring goals, he's creating chances. So he's really reliable in that sense. And I think ever since the Champions League, when his confidence has just gone shot up and he's been super as a player and really enjoyable to watch. He's got a lot of skill to give. And it's actually what I was hoping from Werner. Him and Werner were going to team up and I was hoping that those two players were going to be really effective together. And while Werner had a fantastic assist ratio last season, as well as goals, he did really well. It felt like he was hot and cold and it feels the same this season. He hasn't started as many games and so it's been very difficult for him to break into the team and prove himself. Uh, and I think Thomas Tuchel only has a, a one slot for that forward player or playing in a number 10 role. So it's difficult for Werner, who's normally a striker, to, to jump into that team. And especially seeing as he got injured at the same time as Lukaku. However, he did score last weekend. Uh, sorry, last in, in the week. And so it'd be very interesting to see whether... Tuchel puts him in as a striker this weekend or he has Havertz as a false nine. So I think whatever's going to get the most amount of goals this weekend, he'll go with. Uh, currently, hudson Adoy is playing so intensely that he's he's guaranteed that number 10 role. He's, so, he's broken into the team. He's proven himself with his skills, goal contribution. You can't question him at the moment. And so for me, hudson Adoy is the the one forward at the moment who can guarantee a place. Havertz, yay or nay, not too sure how he can fit into that at the moment because you've got Hudson Odoi at number 10. Is he going to play in this other central attacking mid role? Maybe not because you've got Mountain Ziyech playing there. Is he going to play in the center forward role? If Werner's available or Pulisic is playing well, is he going to play there? I don't know. It's very difficult at the moment. And I imagine training sessions in the Chelsea Cobham uh, grounds are very intense to prove who is going to get that place up front. And so even though I said it's the most inconsistent, it's also the one that's most fought for because there's only two, like two places uh, and there are six players uh, all ready to fight for it at the moment. And only one of them is injured. So five to fight. So 
yeah, even though the forwards are inconsistent, I'm hoping to see more goals from the forwards uh, for the rest of the season from Christmas onwards. We've got a lot of games coming up. And so they have all the chances to play for. They have. We've got a great run of games coming up as well against teams I think are all beatable. So, yes. But let's talk about the opponents that Chelsea face uh, to win the Premier League. We have Liverpool. We have Manchester City. We've got Man United and we've got West Ham. Now, I've, incre- I've included Man United in that, even though they are in seventh place at the moment, because I have a feeling they might just turn it around. They may not be champ- They may not be Premier League challengers, but they have the ability to challenge for the top four. West Ham, again, I've included them in there because they're in the top four at the moment. They're not going to challenge us uh, like Liverpool and Man City are. I think Liverpool are the main challenger at the moment. Liverpool have the best attack in the Premier League at the moment. They are consistent. They have the top goal scorer of Mohamed Salah. Mohamed Salah played well last season. This even before that, he was cold as well. And he still scored goals. And with Mane playing well of this scene as well, season as well, and Jota scoring goals and assists from both Robertson and Alexander-Arnold, it's very hard to not ignore them as a team. The point that I will make here is while they have that def- that attack, I think their weakness is their midfield and their defence. I think that even Virgil van Dijk is there. They played Chelsea and they drew against us and we weren't in the best position at the time. I think if we played them right now, I think Chelsea would win. And I think it's because their defence could be broken through. I think our defence is better than their defence. And I think even though they've got Mohamed Salah and they've got Mane and they've got Jota, I think our defence is capable enough to be able to deal with them. And I think that is, maybe a lot of people disagree with me on that one at the moment, but I think Chelsea have that consistency and also the strength to do that this season. I am so confident in this team that I think we have the ability to go forward and win everything. Now, this is probably, you know, I may eat my words at some point, but I would rather make this statement now and eat my words later on than not have made this statement and said, oh, I wish I'd said that. I wish I'd said that. So Chelsea have a have a better defence and defences win you leagues in this case. And as we've seen before, if one of those front three get injured, Liverpool don't really have the bench. Like I said with Chelsea, we've got that rotation. They don't have that. They don't really have the players to be able to come in and fill those roles like Chelsea do. So it's very intriguing to see what would happen if any of those players get injured. Man City, even though they beat us, they were the only, they're the only team to have beaten us this season, it's still really intriguing to see them as a team because they have consistency through passing and they also have quite a good defence. They've also got quite a good midfield and they've also got some relatively good centre attacking midfielders. They don't have a striker, which is really, I don't understand, but they still score goals. So you can't criticise them for that, for that anymore, even though if I did at the beginning of the season. I still think Liverpool are more potential as an opponent than City, just because City, they feel like they can be broken down and they could have some inconsistent games throughout the season. And we've seen that where they've lost to really random opponents from time to time. So that's intriguing. Like I said, West Ham and I think West Ham are more of an oddball that could potentially cause us problems. And I think Man U, if they, for instance, this weekend when we play them and they've got a new interim manager and they show that they have the ability to be consistent at the back and 
utilize their strike force. Maybe they could. Maybe they could potentially beat us this weekend. I really doubt it, though. I think that under Michael Carrick, Chelsea are going to friggin' pummel Man United this weekend, and it's not even going to be funny. It's just going to be sad. I think we're going to beat them like we did Juve. I think it's going to be four goals. I think they're going to have pictures of Ronaldo being very upset this weekend, just like he has been under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Because I don't think it's just Ole that was the, the cause of the corruption under United. I think it was the backroom staff as well. And I think there's some players who aren't putting a, a, a sort of couple of ship, <laughs> chips in, shall we say, at the moment. So I think Chelsea are going to pummel them. I don't think it's going to be hard. I think the efficiency Chelsea are at at the moment, that man, you should be very fearful this weekend, especially with their defence at the moment, especially with their lack of a midfield. So even though they've got a lovely strike boards, this lovely collection of players, there's no connection between the defence, the midfield and the attack. So, yeah. So the, talking about winning and continuing to win, Chelsea's past five games, we've drawn one and we've won four. Those teams that we played were Juve, we played Burnley, we played Leicester, uh, we played Norwich, and we played, I believe it was, it's not, it's not Villa, was it? I don't think it was Villa. No, it was Malmo. So those aren't hard games. Apart from Juve, Juve we broke down. We scored four goals against them. Like I said, the efficiency of Chelsea at the moment is really showing that we can break big teams down. Juve aren't as strong as they used to be, so I'm not going to rank them at the moment. And I think Manu are equal on terms of that with Juve at the moment. They aren't as strong as they used to be, and they are a team that we can compromise. So I think that is the potential at the moment. The next few games are Man U, Watford, West Ham, Zenit, and Leeds. Those are all winnable games. I think the most troublesome one there is West Ham. I think West Ham are a really tough team at the moment. They're organised really well by David Moyes, and they've got a fantastic central midfield and a defence that seems to be organised by some veterans who have the ability to be able to keep the defence in order. Uh, and then you've also got the attack who, who are really likeable guys and want to score goals as well. So he's got an all-round fantastic team. He's got a good goalkeeper in Fabianski, who's a veteran of the Premier League. Um, it does seem to me that Arsenal have a lot of uh, goalkeepers around the world who've done really well for other other teams, but never them for themselves. So that, that does make me laugh a little bit. So those are the next five games. They're all winnable. They all show you know a little bit of potential in in we could lose but it would be only if we didn't stick to the plan if we didn't utilize the players and utilize thomas tuchel's tactics and the current fantastic defense we have as well as uh, an, an attacking mindset so break those teams down and i believe that there's going to be a lot more goals to come in those five games so in conclusion you know, the facts are at the moment that defence wins leagues. Defences win leagues. Uh, our midfield is solid. We've got fantastic goalkeeper. And our forwards are improving and taking their chances where they can when they're in the team. Chelsea are going to win the Premier League this season. I'm sure of it. I believe we're going to have some fantastic runs in all of the cups outside of the Premier League. And what can I say more than let's go Chelsea FC. So... Thank you very much for listening. This has been a Taylor's Tales podcast. This has been Chris's Corner. I'm your host, Chris Taylor. Bye now.